It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the creator of the Ag Ship, a credentialed outlet covering Utah State football, basketball of both the men's and women's variety. It's actually just over at women's basketball practice a couple days ago. Take God, I guess it was yesterday. I'm recording this Tuesday night. I was over there yesterday taking pictures of practice for just use this season. Um, basketball season approaches far quicker than I am even willing to uh, to reckon with. This is coming to you on Wednesday morning or very late Tuesday night because uh, I've just I, I'll be honest, I've just not had a free. 35 40 minutes in the last however many days um these road games with the longer drives back are are tricky for time management stuff i was uh, very lucky to have a, a second available driver on sunday so that i could write up the cover story in the car but it's still it's a tough turnaround and so i uh once again uh, apologize for these recaps being later than usual, I, uh, hopefully the the way that I sort of see it is that I'm not really recapping the game in a traditional sense. I'm talking about it. I'm talking through the game, but I don't know. I, I don't see this as much as like what you would listen to day of generally. It's the same way that I go about writing articles is that I don't really feel the need to do a recap article because you can get that in 20 million places and you can also just watch the game. Usually most games are on television. You can just watch them. Um, and, and also I'm just, I'm not a very good recap writer. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that straight up. I don't like doing them. They're stressful for me. I, I don't have fun doing them. Um, I don't think that they're just, I don't think they're for me. There are a lot of people who do very, very good recaps out there. And, and so, that's why I don't do them for articles, and I think of the podcast as sort of the same thing, where I, I try to make this uh, stream of consciousness, which, if you couldn't tell from uh, listening to it before, <laughs> I would tell you straight up, that's what it is. I do not have talking points planned out ahead of time. I turn the microphone on, and we go. Um www.theagship.com. You already know the the deal. Go over there, check it all out. Film review is up. Cover story's up. Notebook is up. Dup chart will be up this morning for the Wyoming game. I've got a feature coming today on Wednesday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. If you're listening to it on Thursday, the feature's already up. Free feature of the week um, is going to be, I think, of particular interest this this week this is not just a i would say a, a get to know piece necessarily this is a uh, kind of an important one this it is a get to know but it's a get to know of bishop davenport who i i think utah state fans should familiarize themselves with um i i have gone through and uh, I talked to uh, Bishop's high school coach yesterday uh, about him, about the kind of player that he is. Obviously, Blake Anderson has spoken at length about Bishop. I, I, I think, and this is not reporting. This is not anything of the sort. Do not, do not source this. Do not quote this. Do not whatever. I'm just, just talking. Just talking. That's all we're doing. Um, I think it is important to know some background on Bishop on Bishop Davenport ahead of the upcoming game against Wyoming. I think it's important to know. I think that it will be valuable uh, to to get a better background on him. Again, not reporting, not 
not saying anything. I cannot, I do not, do not hold me to this. Do not hold me accountable for this. I'm just saying that I think it will be important to have some background on him. Um, there's probably not a, there's probably not a better place to start in talking about Utah State's 17 to 13 win over Colorado State than with Davenport and with the the circumstances that led to his entry into the game into his first college snaps first college throws first college whatever you can any number of things touchdown run whatever um this game the further i get from it from saturday night from watching it live the more i don't know if impressive is the right word necessarily um because it wasn't it wasn't pretty by any means and it doesn't need to be a win is a win especially for utah state right now a win is a win uh, they're three and four, two and one in conference play. They remain alive and in control of their destiny in the Mountain Division, uh, with a pretty big one coming up this weekend against Wyoming. Um, but I don't know that impressive was the is the right word. But the further I get from the game, the more I guess important and and distinct and. I don't know what that word would be if not impressive. So I'm going to say impressive. The more impressive it is as a win, the more impressive the victory is, the way that they did it, the the fact that they were able to survive a situation that, as I said in the cover, would have absolutely derailed them only a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. If you take the Utah State team that played against UNLV, they would lose this game. I think if you take the one that played against BYU, they might lose this game. And that was a that was a good game from them relative to where they had been. Um, I think that this was a fundamentally different Utah State team. We have seen a fundamentally different Utah State team in, what, one, three, five of the last six halves of football that we have seen from them going back to the first half of the BYU game. Second half obviously was not not on that level, but they played a full four quarters against Air Force and they played a full four quarters against Colorado State. Now, again, wasn't pretty. 17 to 13 against a bad team is not what you not what you expected, certainly not what I expected coming into this game. I think that the, you know, expectations kind of go out the window. When you get to Bishop Davenport, when De- when Bishop Davenport is your starting quarterback for the entire second half, that's not part of the plan. Usually, that's that's not. I don't imagine that they were game planning for that. He had not taken reps in practice, like any reps. He was just doing drill work and watching film um, because he's the fourth string quarterback. At least he was coming into the season. I suppose he's the third string quarterback now after Logan Bonner's injury, but. Regardless, you don't think that he's going to be in the game. Generally, when you enter a game, you're not expecting the third-string quarterback to have to go in. Um, and that Utah State managed to weather the storm of losing Cooper Lagav, losing Levi Williams, and put 10 points on the board with, with Bishop Davenport at quarterback, including a, a very nice touchdown run and a pair of pretty pretty solid drives to open the second half. And it slowed down a little bit, and they, they were not able to get a whole lot going beyond that. But... They scored enough to win. The defense was fantastic, I think, pretty much all game. The defense had one drive that wasn't wasn't very good. They were missing some tackles on, on halfback Avery Morrow, who's a big dude. Um, 
But after that, I mean, they I don't know what more keys you could possibly ask of the defense. They were lights out, absolutely lights out. And they weren't even doing it with like big turnovers or, or anything like that. Like they had sacks, they had TFL, they had they had things like that. They were making big plays, but they didn't force a turnover until the last drive of the game from Colorado State to to seal it. Um, they were just lights out. They just weren't letting anything go. And I know I know that I wrote a whole thing about how Colorado State's offense isn't very good, and that is true. Yeah, they, it's it's not very good, but you still have to do it. You still have to go out there and beat them and. Utah State's defense started three drives like up against its own end zone and gave up six points on them. Uh, that's pretty impressive. It was, it was a very, very impressive performance from them. And that Utah State was able to emerge from this situation with so many injuries at quarterback, without Byron Vaughns as well on the defensive side of the ball, with guys banged up, with stuff not really going their way offensively, blocked punt couple turnovers again all three yielding drives inside of the 35 I want to say right up on the 30 uh, one was inside the 20 if memory serves um, to to face all of that and to still emerge on the road <laughs> I'm going to talk about in a second the, in, the atmosphere here but on the road to get a win out of that is not something that Utah State would have been capable of only a couple weeks ago. This team has matured, absolutely. Are they a finished product? No. No, goodness no, of course not. The season's not over yet. Why would they be a finished product? Um, but they are absolutely a more mature team than they were just a couple weeks ago. You can see it. You can see it in the way that they play. They don't panic like they had they once they can get games into the fourth quarter they are closing them down they've done it two straight games now that is what they did last year that was the recipe early on last year it's the recipe right now it's the identity of the program it's it's what they're built to do and they're doing it um they dragged this one into the fourth quarter and they won it in the fourth quarter and they got the ball with 516 left I want to say in the fourth quarter after the Gervin Hall interception and ran out the clock with a th- third string quarterback you know that that's that's pretty good it's pretty good it's 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 certainly I think about as much as you could ask for from the from this game given the circumstances I apologize also just as an aside if I sneeze at any point during this I've got uh pretty bad seasonal allergies <coughs> There we go. See, there's one right on time. I've got pretty bad seasonal allergies that I'm I'm working through, um, but I apologize for for the sneezes that uh, will will surely come and the sniffles and the voice that doesn't sound very good. It's um, yeah, seasons are changing. You can tell. You can tell because I feel bad. Anytime season change, it makes me just feel bad. Um, but we're we're gonna watch the tape. We're gonna get better. Um, but regardless. The, the the to win this game to do it in the way that they did in a different way than they're used to uh with with the defense stepping up and dominating rather than the offense putting up enough points to win um is impressive I'll say, yeah it's impressive there's not another word for it it was <clears throat> like Blake Anderson has said there are no ugly wins for this team and that's true it's absolutely true. A win is a win for them. They survive in advance to the Wyoming game, um, a game that, that looms very large, very, very, very large. Probably, you know, winner, 
winner retains obviously the control of their of their destiny the loser is in a really bad way uh, immediately needs needs the you know if utah state wins wyoming would need utah state to lose to boise state and then also to lose a second time um while it would also need to win out and for Boise State to lose to somebody who isn't Wyoming um, in conference play. That's a lot. It's a lot to ask. It's the situation that Air Force is in right now, and it's it's just tough. It's a tough situation to be in. And that, that The difference between one conference loss and two in the Mountain Division right now is huge. It's huge. You can't do it, especially if the two, one of them comes to an in, an in-division opponent who is also contending can't have it air force is really going to struggle with that loss to to utah state really going to struggle with it um it's 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 tough it's a tough loss to take at this point and so that game looms very very large but we will get to that when we get to the preview on this game um there's a lot there's a lot to talk about and i think that the best way to do it is probably just to sort through once again i've got my beautiful little paper stat sheet here um, sort through some of the stuff that I saw, some of the some of the stuff from individual players, what I liked, what I didn't like, any number of things. Um, before I do that, I will mention I, I teased it earlier the uh, the road atmosphere here for this game, going into Fort Collins and winning this game, um, it being touted as an impressive atmosphere, environment, any number of things. Um, man, that crowd is embarrassing. <laughs> That fan base is embarrassing, truly. I, 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 goodness gracious, that is, that is, uh, I don't know why you'd want to play there. <laughs> I don't know why you want to play there. I don't want this to sound like running up the score after covering a game, but like objectively, objectively, being on the field, taking pictures, being in that stadium, good God, it's embarrassing. Not the stadium. The stadium's great. It's a little sterile, but the stadium is very nice. Why in the world did they think they needed it? Why in the world would you need that large of a stadium, man? You don't have any fans. <laughs> what are you doing? The stadium does not need to be that big. It's never going to be full. I, I mean, the attendance for this game was cited as 35,000 and nine, which is very funny, because um, it wasn't ever that. It was never even close to 35,000. But by the end of the game, mind you, one score game, all the way through, one score game, Colorado State led for a decent chunk of this game and was never out of it. It was 17 13 in the fourth quarter. Uh, one score game. And you look around in the fourth quarter. There are maybe 8,000 people left, if that. I mean, it probably got to about 6,000 by the time the game actually ended. It was just students. It was just whatever the students didn't already bail out to go to the bars around town. It was embarrassing. It really was. I was embarrassed on their behalf. I was embarrassed for Jay Norvell. I mean, that that's horrible. To look up in the in the stands, the crowd has completely thinned out. You're still in the game. It's a one-score game. Uh, it's I'm gonna I mean, it's gonna make me mad thinking about this because it's it's really that the that team I know that they're not good I know that it's gonna be a down season but that team and those players and the coaches and all those guys work hard and they deserve a lot better than that I mean good God it was it was really really ghastly the the fan the fan treatment there it's not like 
it wasn't like, oh, being upset that the team was losing or that they didn't win or anything. They just left. Everybody just left. They were gone. There was nobody there. There, there was nobody there. They left before halftime. The game was still close. I mean, it was cold. I get it. It was cold. But, like, really? Really? That's the best you can do? Is is You cited as 35,000. It's probably a lot closer to 29, 28. And by the time the game's over, it's about 5,000. It's embarrassing. It's, it's really embarrassing. I don't understand... The discourse around Colorado State is some sort of sleeping giant. They have money. They have a nice stadium. It's 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 a good location, but nobody cares. Nobody there cares. And that that was that was that was a bummer. That bummed me out to see that because it is a nice enough stadium. It's not it's not for me personally. I'm not a huge fan of the how how sort of sterile it feels. It kind of feels like a small NFL stadium, um, but. It's a nice stadium. It's nice objectively. It's nice. It's a it's a team that's trying. It's a program that has a direction now. That's working towards something. I get that they haven't been good for a couple years now, and you know, it's a town that certainly prides itself on having a nice nightlife. It was a Saturday night. I get it, but I mean, like I don't. It's just bad. It's bad. It's really bad. I don't know how this could be a sleeping giant because I don't know who would ever take a visit to this school and want to go there. Uh, why as a recruit would you stand on the sidelines and see the crowd completely thin out in a one-score game and think, yeah, this is the place for me, the place where nobody nobody cares even a little bit? Um, yeah, I, I, that, that, that surprised me and that bummed me out. I, I, was, I was bummed out standing on the sidelines watching as the crowd just got smaller with each passing minute, basically, just, just thinning out for no reason. It wasn't like anything had happened that was causing it. It just... Time to go. Time to beat the traffic. <laughs> well, you already did. If you stayed to the fourth quarter, you beat the traffic because there's nobody there. There's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was bad. It was bad. It was a bad crowd. It was a bad crowd. I've not thought that yet this year. I've, I've uh, you know, Utah State has had, I thought, generally pretty good crowds. BYU's was really impressive. Um, they certainly weren't leaving during the middle of the game. Um, excited to see Wyoming's. I would I would be pretty confident that those folks are not like that are not going to be leaving in the middle of the game either. I've been to Laramie and I kind of know what's going on on a Saturday night, which is to say the football game. Um, excited to see that. But Colorado State, man, that's uh, step it up. You gotta step it up. I don't think it's on the program. I don't think it's on the team. Any of that. Just a just a culture there of of leaving before the end of the game in a one score game, one score game. That's crazy to me. That's completely crazy to me. I I just I do not understand that uh, apathy for the sake of it. Basically, it has to be frustrating. It has to be really frustrating. It's frustrating to me. It's frustrating to me to see that, and I don't even care. <laughs> I just, I'm just some guy walking around, you know, I'm just, I'm just on the sidelines taking pictures. I don't have any stake in Colorado State's long-term success as a program, but like, dude, I don't know what you do about that because they just don't care. They just don't care at all. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's embarrassing. Maybe don't build that big of a stadium when you know that your fans don't actually care. <laughs> maybe some, maybe opt for a little smaller 
something that that won't sound so empty in the fourth quarter when it's empty um because it was a lot of like speaker effects a lot of the band a lot of the way too loud cannon and not a lot of crowd noise um weird atmosphere very very weird atmosphere i liked the ram though the ram was cool i like him cam the ram very pretty animal very very sweet um anyway player by player We'll start at quarterback. Um, Cooper Legault looked really good until his uh, until his concussion. I thought he looked really good. I thought he was commanding the offense well. I think that he is firmly in the, the good category. It seems like things work really well when he is on the field. He ran well. You know, 9 of 12 passing for 85 yards and a touchdown. It was a great pass to Justin McGriff for the touchdown. The interception... It happens. I don't think it was really his fault. I, I it, it just, just one of those things. Um, but I thought he looked really good when he was out there. Um, very scary quote after the game from Blake Anderson about how he, after he he was hit, he was concussed on the play where he slid and was hit as he was sliding. Um, and and Blake said that he didn't remember the rest of that drive, the touchdown drive. That's very scary. I, I hope that he's okay. Um, I, again, not reporting, not reporting, not reporting, not reporting. I'm going to say it again, not reporting. I'm not reporting this. I'm just, I'm just saying for the sake of saying on a podcast, I don't expect that Cooper Lega is going to be playing against Wyoming. I don't expect it. Uh, Blake Anderson said that he and Levi Williams and Byron Vaughns are all day to day. Just from the the context generally of a concussion of that magnitude where you know there was never even any sort of they they just they ushered him off the field you know they took him to the tent and then they took him off the field and that was it um he did not like return to the field i don't think he was that was it um just from from not remembering the rest of the drive from the way that Blake Anderson was talking at this week's press conference, I don't expect that you're going to see Cooper Legault this week. Getting the bye week right after that is good timing. Um, and I, I, would, I would assume that this is not anything that will be terribly long-term. You hope, obviously you hope, but um, I don't expect that he's going to play against Wyoming. I, I think it's going to be Levi or Bishop Davenport. Uh, Levi, two of nine passing for 12 yards. Uh, ran two times for 28 yards, one of them a 25-yard run. Um, he was hurt on that run, I want to say, uh, injured his ankle. He did return to the field. It was pretty heavily wrapped, his ankle was, and he obviously did not go back into the game. Um I think that there is at least a chance that he plays against Wyoming uh, more than more than I think Laga has a chance, which is to say not at all. Um, but I, I again, I don't expect it. I don't I don't expect that Levi Williams is going to be the is going to be the quarterback against Wyoming. It didn't look good. It didn't look good. It didn't look like a like one of those good injuries. <laughs> There's not a lot of those, but it didn't look good. Um, I think that, that could be a couple week thing as well. Again, just pure just just talking not reporting just talking um so i do think it's going to be davenport my personal opinion is i think it's going to be davenport from the way that blake anderson talked from reading between the lines there i think that davenport is probably preparing to be the starter and that it would be a surprise if he's not the starter so what does that mean from what we saw from him well it's hard to say because of how limited he was against Colorado State in pure, like, what they can call for him. He hadn't had any reps with the offense. 
Um, he was three of nine passing for 41 yards. He also rushed 11 times for 29 yards. He gained 41, but lost 12. Um, he was sacked once I want to say, but also had a couple TFLs that he took. Um, from that, yeah, I don't know that there's a ton you can take cause it's just, it was so limited. I think that a week of reps is going to change a lot for him. Um, stylistically speaking as a player, I don't think he's horribly different from the probably a little less accurate. Um, just within the, you know, a little less comfortable, obviously a lot less comfortable within the offense, but he he's a smart kid. He's a really smart kid. He has a very, very strong history at quarterback. He is a quick learner from what I have gathered, very motivated, very good competitor, very serious and poised. He certainly looked poised in this game. Um, a bigger arm than I probably gave him credit for. He he can sling it. He's not a huge kid. He's listed at 6'2", 180. I think that might be a little generous, at least on the height category. Um but he can sling it. He can throw it down the field. I, I I would compare him stylistically as somewhat close to Laga. He's also a pretty good runner. I would guess that the game plan for him is going to be a, a, a more limited version of what the game plan for Laga has been, which makes things easier on Utah State, makes things a little bit simpler, because Levi Williams is very different than Laga, whereas I think Davenport is, is pretty similar. I think that he's a pretty similar guy. Um, I think that that's the kind of quarterback who Utah State really likes to have, and it, it makes sense that they would go out and get him. Um, so I, I think that it could be, I think it could be a pretty similar albeit more limited game plan than, than the, to, to what you have seen recently from the offense. And I think that's a good thing. The offense has been working well, was working well under the guy until he got hurt. Um, I think that that can work against Wyoming. It, it won't be easy. That's a tough defense to go up against in your first college start. But I think that Davenport is probably the best pick uh, this week, just given the the situations for the other two um and also given that like levi williams looked really bad he just was not throwing the ball well just purely was not throwing the ball well and he was dealing with an injury too but even before that um i i think it's going to be davenport that's my personal opinion i think it's going to be davenport and i think that the game plan will be pretty familiar i think that he can handle it i i, I don't think that he's going to have as many issues as you may expect from a true freshman I think he will be ready for it if he does get the nod um at running back Calvin Tyler Jr there's really not a whole lot to say beyond just he has been really good him and the offensive line have both been really good I like the way that they're using him they've added more diversity into the running game and they've kept it there since the BYU game um he's looked good three straight 100 yard games they need another one they need another one against wyoming um receivers Terrell Vaughn just keeps on doing it just keeps on stepping in and and, and filling in where they need him um i thought brian cobbs was pretty well shut down but but did his best justin mcgriff not a great game from him targeted a lot more than he had receptions 11 to 4 um just it wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty at times had some plays that he really needed to make that he didn't um not a whole lot else to say about the offense defensively i wrote the film review on the run defense uh so if you want more fleshed out thoughts on that you should go check out the film review um the two guys at the top for tackles are really kind of the focus of the thing. MJ Tafisi and AJ Vonkvachan, um, they are outstanding, both of them. They're both outstanding. MJ Tafisi has been tremendous. He was absolutely electric in this game. 
Um, he gets downhill. He's physical. He's quick. He's able to beat blocks because of how quick and decisive he is. He had 1.5 TFL. He was tremendous. He has been really good for, for several weeks now. And Vonkvachon is a very, very good compliment for him because he is quicker. He's a little bit more horizontal. He can handle some of the pass coverage duties a little bit better. Um, I really like the way that those two are playing right now, the way that they complement each other. I think that they are just about perfect for each other. Um, elsewhere on the defense, Kaleo Nevs, it was a step back week from him. I think that he was really one of the only parts of the defense that I thought was kind of a weak link this week. He was picked on in coverage a little bit um, and, and and struggled with tackling. He was, I don't think, especially strong here, but elsewhere on the defense up front, Hale Motuapuaka keeps playing like I sort of expected that he would this season. He has, he has ascended back to that level after kind of a slow start. Uh, I thought he played well. I thought that Tavian Coleman impressed me a lot next to him. Again, Tavian Coleman is uh, quietly, not so quietly, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. He is, uh, kind of, kind of taking some jobs a little bit. I think Tavian Coleman is earning some snaps and taking some snaps from from other people. He's been really good. He was really, really good in this game. He he is very, very strong, very physically impressive. I have been impressed with him. Um, Of course, also on the defensive line, I think the big story is obviously Daniel Greshek, who had three sacks, 3.5 TFL, five tackles. He was awesome. He was awesome. He was really, really good. Um, he has been great all season, but this was definitely another level from him. Um, in the secondary, I have a couple guys I want to mention specifically. Hunter Reynolds, not a ton to say about him specifically because of just the way that he plays, but he's so important for this defense. I don't know if I could even really put it into words, but he's so important for what this defense does. He cleans up messes so well. He gets guys in the right position. He... He is not a guy who makes a ton of huge plays for himself, but he sets up pretty much everything that the defense is doing. He is the guy who is who is making it all click into place. The linebackers set the ceiling, but Hunter Reynolds sets the floor. He, he is the guy who gives them the baseline that they need, who gives them the foundation. He has been so good this year. He has been so good this year. Um... Also really impressing me in this game was Michael Onyanwu. Back from injury, had apparently a shoulder injury, uh, where his shoulder popped out against BYU. He missed last week, uh, returned this week, only credited with two tackles, but he also had three pass breakups. The things that really stood out to me here, one were he made a couple plays where he knocked the ball loose from a receiver with a with a really well-timed and really technically sound hit. There was one specifically in the first quarter, but he had he had several. Um, and two, this is not something that will show up on his stat sheet. We have to go to back to the offensive stats to 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 get this. But Torrey Horton, nine targets, zero receptions, locked him down. Absolutely locked him down. It was largely on Yan Wu and Carter, Johnny Carter. Um, and they locked him down. That's one of the best receivers in the Mountain West, and he had nothing going on, nothing. He was never even close. They they completely locked him down. Very, very good performance from them. 
um, they just keep getting better. Those two, they just keep getting better. Andre Grayson was good too. He tackles really well for, for his size, especially, um, Dom Tatum keeps, keeps being a, an important part of the defense. I would like to see even more of him. Um, Ike Larson obviously is who he is. He's just, just rock solid as he has been very, very good. Um, yeah, impressive, impressive from the defense. John Ward too. Shout out John Ward. John Ward has played well pretty much every time he's been on the field. He's he only had like nine snaps in this game, but at a at a the, um, one point five TFL, he was he's he's in there. He's in there making plays. Pat Joyner too. Not a huge stats guy, but he was so important for the pat for the run defense rather. Um, <clears throat> his size at defensive end is really unique and really valuable for the defense. I came away impressed with all of them. I thought they all played well. I thought this was probably Gervin Hall's best game as an Aggie as well. He was good in coverage. Not perfect, but he was good in coverage. Um, yeah, I, I thought they were all good. I, I don't have distinct thoughts on, on some of them, but I thought that the defense as a whole was just really good, and I thought that, that the, the performance, while the final score was not the blowout that I expected or that, that people were kind of hoping for, um, the performance was what it was what it what was what Utah State needed it to be in this game. Utah State needed to get a win, needed to escape, needed to weather the storm, survive the adversity, and leave with a victory. And they did. And they did. And that's what that's what matters. No such thing as an ugly win. Utah State turns now to Wyoming uh, in uh, another one where they just, above anything else, you know, no style points, no none of that, just needs to find a way to win. That's all that, that's all that Utah State cares about this week and really, honestly, for the rest of the season. Just needs to find ways to get wins. They did it here. Impressive, mature victory. I'll talk to you all in the preview.